Hey, Hanyaks, welcome back to another edition of the Rambling Viking Podcast. As you can probably tell from the title and description, today is going to get a little bit controversial or spicy, if you will. Uh, you know, one of those more serious episodes, if you can even call it that, if I can even really take myself seriously, because I really, really like the idea of trying to speak through comedy. But uh, you've seen this question thrown around a lot. And in recent new, in light of Kyle Rittenhouse being found not guilty, as he should have been, it was the correct verdict, and it was very clear by the uh, insurmountable or the ridiculous amount of uh, of evidence, video footage, like literally, borderline was a documentary of what happened. A documentary's worth of like they could. That would be a real feat if someone, if I was a casual video editor, I'd be like, I'll take all that footage and I'll make it, a mo- I'll make like a documentary out of it because there's enough to make a, I don't know, 20, 30 minute documentary about the whole situation, which apparently Tucker Carlson is doing. But so what I'm here to do today on this episode is pose that question. What if Kyle Rittenhouse was black? Because we're seeing, you know, a lot of people uh, who fall on the other side think it was, oh, you know, who buy into the lies or as I would say, the narrative, um, you know, saying, you know, we cross state lines, which this episode is not going to be going into all the details of the Rittenhouse. This is going to be almost a rebuttal in response to this because I am surprised at how much I have seen that. That is what has sparked this episode is how much I have actually seen a People turn this into a racial issue. B, people say, well, it's because he's white. What if if he had been black, it would have been a different outcome. He would have been either shot dead on sight or found guilty on all charges. What have you. And unfortunately for them, that question is answered in the form of not a discussion in the hypothetical, but a literal, I would say coincidental, but I don't really... Honestly, there's too much stuff lines up for me to believe in real coincidence. I might say that's a coincidence, but I I mean, saying it more tongue-in-cheek than anything, too much lines up because on the same day, Kyle Rittenhouse, and you may have already heard of this, on the same day Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted, a black man who, I don't like how most of the articles just say a black man, I wish he would give his name, it is Andrew Coffey, the fourth, to be exact, was acquitted in a, in a similar Similar, not the same. So anyone who wants to be nitpicky and say, well, it's not really a one-to-one comparison. Talking self-defense. That's the similarity here. In a similar case, and actually in a, what I would call a worse-off case, meaning his standing it was, at least by the optics, is worse off. And in a lot of ways, if you buy into the narrative of our, you know, uh, systemically racist justice system that is just there to hold the black and brown man down. Uh, which, n- to not say, let me preface it with this. I by no means am saying the system is perfect. Yes, there are problems and there are bad cases. But the Rittenhouse one and this one and the coffee one are not those. And the coffee one is actually really antithetical to the entire narrative in a lot of ways. A, answering the question, what if he was a black man? B, black man versus law enforcement. Shot at law enforcement and was upheld and acquitted. So uh, I've got some articles in the that I've linked to. There's one from Free Thought, 
the Free Thought Project. There's the local site that reported on it. Uh, this was down in Florida. And then Yahoo News, which I'm going to walk through the Yahoo News one because it's the most in-depth. And then finally one from Red State that kind of does a comparison looking at both talking about how uh, basically we're in a schizophrenic media state right now and actually how we see that the justice system is doing what it was, what is intended to do and is working properly. We see proof that you know what? There is hope and there, you know, there are the justice system, I would say by and large works, but not to say it doesn't have its flaws and we can't, and we, and we shouldn't point out what its flaws. But once again, we see a case like I know with so many of these of uh, last summer and all the crazy cases, like for example, Jacob Blake, right? Where they try and where, where the media tries to spin up a narrative that, Oh, black, black man, another black man shot by collapse, shot by collapse, shot by cops. And when you actually look at the facts of the case, you say it was a justified shoot, meaning specifically with Jacob Blake, he fought off cops, ran to his driver's side and grabbed a knife, a weapon, and then was shot appropriately so. And uh, honestly, on the surface of this case, you could look at it and be like, wow, is that really the fact? So yeah, what if Kyle Rittenhouse was black? I say if he was black, his name would be Andrew Coffey IV. And this would be his case that ran parallel to, albeit it took four years to get to it. But let's dive into the article and then I can give my commentary and then we'll look at the red state one. So let's just look at this system as a whole because I know I'll bounce around too much. And so the article keeps me true. Um, the title, oh geez, oh, there we go, no, stop. So jury quits Gifford man who claimed self-defense after girlfriend killed by sheriff's SWAT team in 2017 raid. So this one took a little bit longer to get through the system, but it ultimately did come to its conclusion. Um, so Gifford Mann, who claimed he was defending himself and his girlfriend when he fired shots at deputies during an early morning raid in 2017, was acquitted of charges that carried a life prison term. A jury found, oh, Andrew A.J. Coffey IV, 27, so he's my age, not guilty of second-degree felony murder and three counts of attempted first-degree murder of a law enforcement officer by discharging a firearm and one count of shooting or throwing a deadly missile, which I... What is, okay, I got I want to know more about that last charge. One count of shooting or throwing a deadly missile. I assume that means throwing the gun. I don't know. <laughs> was someone at some point developed something that could best be described as in legal terms as a deadly missile? What is that, a spear? I don't know what's going on. But just casually on the back of shooting or, you know, throwing a deadly missile. I if you have any insight on that, please let me know because I would love to hear it. So, in a separate proceeding Friday, the same jury convicted him of one count of possession of a firearm by a felon. So, that's important to note. This man, and so let me preface it all by saying this. In this case, I said the odds were stacked even more against him. Against him so much so that if he had been found guilty, this probably would have been a media firestorm and rightly so. Let me say that. Rightly so. Purporting that, you know, this was our, 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 it's really more of an injustice system and less of a justice system. But guess what? It worked. The justice system worked. And that question, which by the way, I hate posing that just, well, what if he was black? What if he was black? I don't know. And fortunately, not often to that question, do you get to that dumb question that I hate people posing? Do you get, because it's like a non-disprovable, non-provable thing. It's just a talking point. Um, you get a direct answer to that with some, right? This guy was a convicted felon, so he was illegal. The firearm he used to defend himself, he was illegally possessing, and he still 
was found not guilty. At his sentencing, he faces it. Now, he does face a maximum of 30 years in prison, and the state is definitely going to pursue all of that uh, for that felony charge. So that's, but that's a different story, right? So there was a firefight between a sheriff's office, special weapons, and tactical team, and coffee at his home. Um, you give the address, blah, blah, blah. His girlfriend, Alteria Woods, 21, died during the raid after being struck by 10 bullets fired by a SWAT team member including one shot that entered her chest. Second-degree murder count, defined as an intentional killing that was not premeditated, was in connection to Wood's death. So, to get, just in case you're not fully following, just or just to be clear, the SWAT team, ballistics evidence found that it was the SWAT team's bullets that entered her body. But they are charging him with intentional killing that was not premeditated. Second-degree murder. Overcharged much, also... What's the basis for that? So yeah, definitely not guilty just based on that one, right? Jurors seated last week for a trial that began Monday, deliberated for about 11 hours. So this juror, this trial took a week. They deliberated for 11 hours before returning a verdict. Um, it did bleed, it did take all of one day and then a little bit of uh, the next day. So after court Friday, Coffee's attorney, Adam, I don't know how to, it, there's no, it's all consonants, C-H-R-Z-A-N, Churzan, said his client was relieved when it became clear the jury was acquitting him of the most serious charges. I think they weighed the evidence and applied the law and took into account the defenses that we provided and we argued successfully, clearly, that there was some overreaction and overreach by the sheriff's department on that raid, Charzen said. They should have pulled back, they didn't, and this is what happens when you go into a volatile situation without all the information. I agree, no, nothing to be said there. He blamed the sheriff's office for creating a situation that triggered Wood's death. The jury found that he was defending himself in Alteria and that he needed to do this. Coffee on Wednesday testified on his own behalf as he did in March during a stand your ground hearing seeking immunity from prosecution. So he initially was seeking immunity by saying, I, this falls under stand your ground. Um, he then told Circuit Judge Vaughn he and Woods had been asleep when deputies at the back of the house broke out the window to his bedroom using a pole that then detonated a flashbang device. So a pole, a spear that goes through the window and then is a flashbang on the end. Moments earlier, SWAT members at the front of the house had quickly taken his father, Andrew Coffey III, into custody after a brief struggle just outside the home's front door. So to provide context, the whole point, you might say, what, what was happening here? So you have AJ and his, uh, is sleeping at his parents' or his dad's house. Um... And his dad is the one that the police were after. His dad was being suspected of drugs and uh, drug sales. And so they had, and, and they, had, they had accrued enough evidence to get a warrant to raid the home. So they do a, it was like four or five o'clock in the morning, middle of the night raid, of course, and or early morning, technically, um, to go do a raid. They find the father, the suspect, the person they're after at the front door and apprehend him. And uh, another article says, without incident. So there might have been a struggle, but there was nothing, nobody was seriously harmed or anything like that. Without incident, they get him. And then they still, for some reason, go through the regular raid techniques. Now, I'm sure their reasoning would be, you know, if there was any other crimes going on or any other parties to take care of. Well, there were other parties in the house. They did not question. They did not say, hey, is, is anyone home? Is there anyone else in the house? I mean, he might have said no. But, and unfortunately, now someone is dead because they continued their raid. 
So, during his March hearing, Coffey said that he thought he was being robbed when he saw what appeared to be a rifle sticking through in a, the open window pointed at him. He insisted he didn't know the raid was underway when he fired a 45 caliber pistol out his bedroom window, shooting it two or three times. Deputies, in turn, shot more than a dozen rounds towards the bedroom w- window. So, breaks window, bang. He's like, what the heck? Sees rifle, pulls gun, boom, boom, boom. And then they're like, oh, snap. After the gunfire, investigators investigators searched the house. Woods was discovered deceased on a bed in AJ's bedroom. In the elder Coffee's bedroom, deputies found marijuana, cigarettes, uh, crack cocaine, along with uh, some pain pills. A grand jury in July. Here's here's a crazy thing too, right? So here's where it would fit the narrative of when you hear the left or the mob, whatever you want to call it, where you hear or the mainstream media, the corporate media, where you know they like to point out and be like, well, and you hear it talks about qualified immunity and whatnot. You know, cops cops have too much protection and need to be held accountable. A grand jury in July 2017 cleared SWAT team members of any criminal charges and the sheriff's office internal investigation cleared them of any violations of policies and procedures. So that would then lead me to say maybe we should reconsider some of these policies and procedures. In June, Vaughn denied, so, so they denied his bid for immunity under the state standard ground law and an appeals court in October declined to overturn that. So, uh, but, so it went to trial and he was, guess what, found not guilty. And then of course the state comes back and they say they believe that our case was righteous. We proved it beyond a reasonable doubt, but the jury did not see it that way for the first part of the trial. But we are glad justice was done and he was found guilty of the possession of the firearm of a convicted felon. So, you know, you have a classic case of the state, obviously, and the state is always going to hold this. So this is where I'm conflicted because on one hand, I'm like, look, we need to trust our system, but also the state, it never has your best interest in mind. The state at the end of the day is always going to uh, protect itself, ultimately. Uh, and they, of course, bring up that AJ has a criminal record that includes fe- four felony convictions, uh, which he said, so that then allows him to seek such a severe penalty for the gun charge. Uh, and then the sheriff stood by the SWAT actions, saying, and, and he said, it's disappointing this jury did not see the tragic death of Woods occurred as direct Results of the actions of Andrew Coffey. Our deputies were there as a result of drug complaints and sales and took fire from Coffey upon which they had no choice but to protect themselves and others. Flower said via a text. So, and that's where it gets complicated, right? Because on one hand you say like, yeah, that happens. You know, you need to comply. But on the but when it's like, you know, it's Monday morning quarterback this, it's like, but then put yourself in those shoes. It's 4.30 in the morning. You're, you're in your bedroom. Your window gets busted in. What are you going to do? I'm going to grab, roll over on the side. I'm freak out, right? And when a flashbang goes off, I'm going to grab my gun and probably start shooting too. I would have done the exact same thing. Um, and so for me, it almost begs the question that if like you're, if you're busting in those windows, unless you're like through the window and inside the room, if you're outside the window and shots start firing, freaking pull back, right? Pull back. Don't just, blah, 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 because I mean, that's just how people die. Now, and I'm not saying, that it's like immoral that they did that, but it just, it's such a messy situation, right? Uh, and I love this, right? I love this. This is, this is the sheriff's statement. We stand by our statement that she would still be here, talking about Woods, It had coffee simply complied with law enforcement. 
All he knew was that his window got busted in. There was a rifle and the flashbang went off and there's a rifle in it. Goodness. So Woods family said, um, so Woods, they, her, the girlfriend's family is actually standing by coffee and supporting him. So, and they're filing a civil rights lawsuit in a federal court against the sheriff's office and deputies involved in the raid, basically claiming it was a botched raid. So that was put on the side until the criminal trial was done. And then everyone else in the house too, his grandmother and her friend, uh, and AJ are all filing uh, federal civil lawsuits. So what if Kyle Rittenhouse had been black? So let's, let's recount the facts here, right? So you have a a, we'll say that, I mean, I guess I'll put it this way, right? We have a convicted felon um, who's maybe not the most upstanding guy as priors and illegally possessing a gun. Um, and you have the cops come in and they get their guy out front of the house or at the front door. And then they're like, you know what? We're still going to bust through with all the flashbangs. And what you know, the raid was cleared. And so really the question gets put on, do we need to reconsider this? Now... As to play devil's advocate here, I think we need to look at this also, not just at a micro standpoint or a macro standpoint and say like, that's really what the, my my bigger conversation would be. Because them doing that and then him firing in defense, obviously, as we can see here is, so we have a, a black, priorly, previously convicted criminal um, by every right, everything I know about the narrative that we always hear about, um, he should have either been shot dead on scene or convicted in spending life in prison or the death penalty, if that's something in Florida. But what do we see? We see the system looking at this case, looking at the evidence here and saying, no, no, no. He was completely within his right. He had no idea you were cops. He had no idea. Um, he, he thought he was being robbed. And so he took up the most basic fundamental right, which I, in recent weeks, especially with the Rittenhouse case, am, am it's almost like I knew this, but almost, you know, come up, the realization of it really hits you that the, that is, I think probably one of the most, if not the most fundamental right is the basic right to defend yourself and your family and your property and, and, and having the ability to do so. And i.e., that's usually a gun, right? But having that right, and then that right be defended when you do have to defend your property and God forbid, take someone's life or attempt to, and then you get put on trial about it to see, okay, make sure you're defending yourself and get found quitted. So uh, then jumping over to red state. So we look at this, say, you know, what if Kyle Rittenhouse was black? And I say, um, we have that. We have the black Kyle Rittenhouse and it's Andrew Coffey. It's AJ Coffey. And actually um, his situation was a lot less clear cut. Kyle Rittenhouse broke no laws, was running away actively. Sure. He was, he was at a riot in his community though. And and he was running away on the ground, not provoking. He'd been there over, not just that night, but the day before, uh, cleaning up and offering medical assistance. And he simply had that within his natural right. He had his gun to protect himself. And people still, they saw a guy with big rifle. It's not like he had a pistol stuffed in his pocket. Guy with rifle and they attack him. And then they find out what happens when you attack someone with a gun. And threaten their life. Comes to your life versus mine. And I've got my gun. I'm picking my life every single time. And so, you know, then the naysayers come out and say, what if he was black? And say, look at AJ Coffee. He was black. His 
was dealing with law enforcement. He was a convicted felon illegally possessing his firearm and he, and the system still worked. So red state, obviously the you know conservative outlet, cause that's where you're going to hear it. So really, and honestly you might say, what is, what is your point of talking about this is yeah, this didn't get highlighted because a it probably maybe didn't fit the narrative B though. It was, I mean, last Kyle Rittenhouse was during the, the BLM riots, because they not protests, riots. Kenosha was on fire, okay? And and so that why that's it was already kind of a part of the national news stories that was going on during last summer's madness or 2020 summer's madness, right? This was four years ago, is finally being brought out, but should be seen and be given proper um and now well now and so that's why maybe it's not in the national news. Um, and, and so I don't necessarily faulting the system, but at the same time, it should be known that, you know, because it, it, we should definitely pay attention, be skeptical of, and not just buy into the narrative, but dive into things for yourself. And yeah, it takes time. Yeah, it takes a little bit, but it's worth it. So red state, Kyle Rittenhouse and Andrew Coffey, same verdict, same systemically racist system, question mark. And they, they cover it. Um, and apparently this was a part of an initiative to, to really crack down on criminals in that area. And this is, this is where things get nasty in court. So they say he uses pregnant girlfriend as a shield, which is crazy, right? Um, and then uh, red state poses some good questions. Was coffee protecting his home? Or was he a criminal radical with a too powerful military-style gun, aka semi-automatic, trying to skirt the law, kill police, and as a result, murdered his girlfriend? And then some other details that were in the Yahoo one is they, you know, they the the sheriff's office they claimed he fired five shots and fired first, and then um, but Coffee claims that the deputies fired first, which obviously it's hard to tell, and maybe the flashbang he doesn't know, right? So I don't I don't know, but. And it also covers the fact that the claim that he used his girlfriend as a shield was torn down in the trial, also debunked by Wood's mother, who holds no animus towards AJ over the death of her daughter. So, uh, once again, I think we see prosecutors doing anything and everything, and it really is gross to be like, yeah, I used her as a shield. And it's like, no, I think he fired, they started firing back, and before she could even move or realizing what was going on, she was probably sadly shot, right? Uh, and he apparently, when he was talking about it somewhere, he said, you know, she was laying in bed and they shot her 10 times. Woods cried. Uh, and the claim that she was pregnant was also not true. So once again, random stuff coming in. Uh, I don't know if I said, oh yeah, the grand jury exonerated the officers, but you're going to see civil suits. I'm not going to read this article because it just recounts a lot of the some of the, some of the same of the other stuff. But the end couple paragraphs are really what I want to hit on, right? And so that's what I'm going to read. It's kind of the conclusion because I think it, it offers some good points and good questions. It is interesting that there are no cries of injustice, systemic racism, or a weighted judicial system on the Andrew Coffey trial. In fact, it didn't even hit the national press, mainly because it does not fit their chosen narrative of gun control and dangerous white men with guns. Now... I could dispute that a little bit and say it was more of a local story that happened there. And in a lot of ways, at least initially on the surface before we got to a a verdict, I I think it could have fit the narrative where you have a black man on trial for shooting at police. And because it it really reminds me of the Breonna Taylor mess, you know, with the no knock warrant and 
she ended up dying and there's lots of messy stuff around this. And in general, I think what we see in these situations is we see, we see people in less than ideal situations surrounded by less than ideal people and uh, rightful drug raids happening. And, and those unfortunately are messy, but that's a different conversation and not really going to dive into that part of it. Right. And I'm not justifying anything saying that that's why you died, but our actions do have certain consequences and implications and put us in, put us in position, but also life and fair and bad things happen. Tragedies happen. But anyways, it continues. But, but the same trial by jury system and the same gun freedoms and gun laws upheld the rights of two young men, one white, the other black, to defend themselves. The same American court system in different states affirmed those rights for both men. It is absolutely schizophrenic, not to mention disingenuous, to cry that the system worked for one person because of their race, but didn't work for another in spite of theirs. This is how the American justice system is supposed to work. There's a blindfold on Lady Justice for a reason, to prevent her from ruling on the basis of color, background, or economic station, but only on the basis of the law and the evidence. There are too many examples on why the system does not always work the same for all people, but this is not one of them. And on that, to that point, yet we have, oh, sorry, I'll finish the article. Yet we have outcries and protests occurring because of the Rittenhouse verdict, but the coffee verdict is being, ta- is being uh, tacitly ignored. So to that point, you know, it does not, they acknowledge and I've acknowledged, it does not always work the same for all people in all situations. However, the ones that a lot of time, the ones that recently over the last couple of years you see get the most attention are not those examples. And uh, the Julius Jones one is one is a big one here in Oklahoma. And I've actually did a bunch of research myself and have my own conclusion. I think I'll do a separate episode on that. Uh, maybe down the line, I also wanted to do one specifically on the Rittenhouse case, but I don't maybe do those in the same episode, but then they end and this is really, I'll provide the separate link to the page and also this specific video. But at the end of this article, if you, they have a video by a guy named Maj Torre, a black guy who is the head of the black guns matter movement and really is all about empowering what he calls melanated communities to, um, uh, to to learn, get educated on, and arm themselves and take a hold of their Second Amendment rights. And it's a 12-minute video. I watched it. It's incredible. And he breaks down this whole situation from his perspective. And honestly, he's so smart. And he really talks on a high level. And sometimes I really got to like listen and pay close attention. But he, he really does a good job of breaking down better than I could. So uh, if you don't listen to me, go and listen to him because he has a pretty interesting perspective. Uh, Fun fact, he does he does cuss in the video, so if you are around sensitive ears, just be mindful of that. But I've listened to some of his other stuff, follow him on Twitter. He's an interesting free thinker. He's kind of, in a lot of ways, apolitical. He bounces back, and he's nuanced, if you will, right? In a lot of ways, he does acknowledge and talk about the injustice, but his really one of his biggest points is that gun control started as, and remains to be, disproportionately affects melanated people. The black and brown community, whatever, the non-white community. And that's really his biggest point. So, but that is the black Kyle Rittenhouse. And I don't even necessarily like to call him that, but for the sake of what we are hearing. So I'm calling that. His name is Andrew Coffey, the fourth, AJ Coffey. Now he still might face some prison time. We'll come to see, come January. We'll see. I might follow up on it. Uh, I, I hope it's minimal if, if at all, but what if he was black? I say, what if he was black? Oh, look, here's this case. We're a black guy who shot at the cops, not a convicted child, I'm gonna call him a rapist, child rapist, 
um, convicted felons and, <laughs> and who were attacking him as he was running away. And, and only at the last moment when they were on top of him, one of them pointing a gun, which he legally was holding, at him, did he fire. Not preeminently saying, don't you come near me and then bang, 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 kill him. But running away on the ground on top of him. This guy was, it was a, it was a legitimate SWAT raid. And he still got upheld. And I'm not saying, don't take that in a negative connotation. I agree. This was the right verdict. And this proves the point, not universally, because I'm sure there are bad examples. But Maj Ture kind of touches on some other ones. One guy I had never heard of, who apparently has multiple examples of defending himself with a gun, use of deadly force, and claiming that right to self-defense, that Second Amendment, which to me, I've really learned that it, it, it is paramount, actually. I think fundamentally, if we don't have the right to defend ourselves, the right to bear arms, then what we can't secure our other rights. That right is the right that allows us to secure all of our other rights. Now you might say, well, what if they're enshrined in the Constitution? Well, what if the government decides to infringe on the Constitution? What is your means? You might say, oh, what are we going to do against you know the military with tanks and drones and all that stuff? Well, what's the military going to do against a 100 million, I don't know, how many gun owners? I think there's 100 million gun owners or it's like a 10 to 1. Maybe it's like, I don't know. I know there's more guns than people, 330 million guns. What, are, what is the government going to do against that, right? Maybe not me individually or you and me or my neighborhood or even my town could do something. But my state, a coalition of states, I mean, we've seen it in civil war. And that's really I, the last thing that I want. I'm not calling for that by any means. But the important fact to remember is that we can't get caught up in these bogus points and the narrative. But do a research, do the research for ourselves and look at it and see that there are examples out there if you do a little bit of digging of, quote, the black Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah, it's not a one-to-one comparison, but the basis of it, the self-defense basis, and I would say his was actually even a harder case to deal with. Kyle's, like I said earlier, was a full documentary's worth. This one was not, but... I'm going to cut it off there. That does it for this more serious episode. And to the one more time, what if Kyle Rittenhouse was black? Would it have been different? No. Because here we see a case where you could say, oh, this, here, here is a black man. And he shot at law enforcement who were doing a legitimate raid. And he came away with self-defense. Not to say there aren't examples where it doesn't go that way. And we should acknowledge those and hopefully correct those. That's why we have appeals And so all in all, I have an overall faith in our system, not to say that we shouldn't always pursue it to be better, but that it is pretty good. It doesn't need to be ripped up by the roots. I think we merely need to trim some of the branches and we will always be trimming the branches. And when you have bad offshoots or bad growths or, or things that uh, dead limbs, you trim them away, or if it gets in power lines, you, you trim them away, you take care of it. But all in all, the tree itself is good and is healthy, is, is honestly one of the best, if not the best system in the world. But that'll do it for this episode. Thank you so much for being a part of the Hanyak Horde. As always, make sure to chime in with your thoughts. If you follow the first link, it'll take you to the website and you can find out all the different ways to get a hold of us. Make sure to follow us on uh, 
Instagram and Facebook. And um, if you have any thoughts on this, maybe send in a recording. Or if you even want to sit down and do more long form, I would love to do that. And we could talk about this topic. But I, what really prompted this for me was just that, uh, you know, I initially wasn't even going to talk about this. But I heard, I, start, I saw this point so much. And then how convenient that this other case other self-defense case showed its face and came across and I said, hold on, let's look into this. And I was like, this is too perfect, right? And we continually are proving that the corporate media is not your friend. They're not here to just give you the news. They are here to try and tell you how to think. And I, am, I believe that we need to push back against that with the actual facts, the truth, and seek the truth. Now, it does take personal responsibility and that's hard, but I think it's something we must do. I'm not going to try and get too much on a ramble. This Norwegian goodbye is already, is already overdone. But uh, please send in all of your thoughts. We'd love to sit down and have a conversation if anyone is interested. Uh, all the links in the descri- are in the description to all the articles. I didn't read all, or I didn't read all of them here, um, and I didn't read all of them in their entirety. There's also the video to Maj Touré, the video that the specific video about this case. It's also in the bottom of that Red State article, um, and then I'll also link to his YouTube channel, Black Guns Matter. Check him out. He is incredible. I don't agree with absolutely everything he says, but uh, all in all, he is his shirt that he was wearing in the video said "Freedom," and then had a red line, everything. So it was freedom over everything. And I can't disagree with that, but check all it out. Let me know your thoughts. Thank you so much for being a part of the Hanyak Horde. That does it for this episode of the Rambling Viking Podcast. This is your head Hanyak signing off.